0: everybody and welcome to the nine to side podcast where we chat with super amazing and inspirational people who pounded the pavement before and after their nine to fives to get their side hustles off the ground. After listening to the interviews, these amazing guests, you'll walk away with a refreshed pep in your step and a newfound motivation to make your side hustle a reality. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode nine of season two of the Nine to Side podcast. Anyway, I don't know how you guys are feeling. It is October. Again, all these times, like I said, disclaimer, with season one, I record these. Who knows when it's going to air? I don't know. But it's October, and I'm exhausted. I hate – I love the fall. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can look at the leaves. But I am so tired. I was about to swear. <laughs> but I probably shouldn't do that. I'm just tired. I'm so burnt out already. And then you roll right into like the holiday season and gifts and all that stuff. I'm just tired. And if you couldn't already tell, I'm an extreme extrovert. So I love being social. I love talking to people. But like, I go, 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 go. And then I get super burnt out. And then I have to crawl into a hole and like rejuvenate and rebuild myself until I can come out and like be a normal human. So even though I'm an extrovert, I feel like I do need to like rejuvenate once in a while. I can't always be like that. And the fall usually like really burns me out, especially this time of year. I feel like you just from pumpkins to turkeys, Christmas trees to, I don't know, New Year. I just, I can't do it. I'm like, I'm checked out until it's summer. Tell me when I can get tan again and I'll be checked back in. But anyways, I do always admire people (laughs) that I look at that are Also extroverts, but like extroverts that can be on 24-7 that never seem to crash. Like I said, I think I said this in an earlier intro, I have quarterly breakdowns, full-blown breakdowns where I just like my body crashes, mentally I crash. So like there are people who are extroverts who I look at who just seem to be like the energizer bunnies who are just able to do it all. They look fabulous. They can keep their lives going. They've got kids. Like they're just doing it all. And yes, maybe that is like behind the scenes. It's not as glamorous. Maybe I'm just like more public about it. I'm like, oh my God, my life's falling apart. But my next guest is one of those people that I look at and I have such great admiration for. So her name is Ashley Langer, and her business is called Business Socialistas, which I love. And she's basically like, she's a community builder and a networking powerhouse to say the least. She coaches women and she also does a ton of networking events, but just interviewing her, her energy is insane. And she has two kids. I mean, she does it all. She's planning events, which is exhausting for anybody who's done that. And then she also is coaching women on the side in addition to raising these two little kids. And I just, I'm in awe because I've Like I said, this is why I do this because I interview people and I'm just like, oh my gosh, maybe I should stop complaining. But it's impressive to me. And the stuff she does, she puts on these networking events for women, mostly focused in Connecticut. But her business, like I said, is coaching and networking events. And she is an incredible powerhouse. She's all about connecting. She's out there doing these events and she has so much energy so inspirational so I hope you enjoy my interview with her because I think she's great to chat with and very accessible so anybody that wants to talk to her after you can obviously find her info and reach out to her but just so helpful anyway this is my interview with Ashley Langer so I hope you enjoy Ashley Langer thanks so much for being here
1: thanks for having me
0: yeah appreciate you coming on So before we get into kind of the background of who you are, give us a little elevator pitch of the name of your business, a little bit, you know, the one minute pitch of what it is and whether it is a side hustle for you now or whether you've transitioned it to a full-time business.
1: Sure. My name's Ashley Langer. I'm the founder of Business Socialistas. I host elevated networking events and workshops for female entrepreneurs. I'm located in Connecticut. I've also branched out into coaching women and growing their own communities for their businesses, which is something that I'm really passionate about. I've been doing on the side and I'm going to be doing that a little bit more full-time. Oh, cool. So it is still side hustle for you? Yeah. You know, I am a mom of two children. They're small, they're two and four, Thera and Maria, and they're my nine to five.
0: Wow. That's impressive. I didn't realize you had young kids and you were doing an event-based business Yep, as a side hustle with two kids. Yep. So that's impressive. All right. So before we get into how, you know, more about this business, I want to hear the details, the nitty gritty of what it is and how you got into it, but tell us a little bit about your background and who you are.
1: So I guess we can start in 2007. I moved to New York City on a whim and I got a job as a personal assistant for a news anchor. She was also a bit of a socialite. And so the job really focused a lot on event planning. So that's really where I started in event planning was I used to host fancy dinners for her, her kids' birthday parties, everything. And then I used to do all like the personal stuff, if you will. Did you and then, like that? I absolutely loved the job. I was obsessed with it. But what I didn't love is working holidays and in the middle yeah. of the night. I just remember specifically one Christmas Eve, I was sitting and Christmas Eve was always at my aunt's house and I was sitting in her closet. I had two cell phones at the time and I was on two phones Christmas Eve tracking packages for her kids. And it was just aha moment where I was like, <laughs> yeah, no, no. But I really loved it. It was such a fun job and it was a really unique position. And considering that I was new to Manhattan, I was out there. I was planning events for Eric Ellenbogen, Jerry Seinfeld, and all these oh, like really God. cool people were like attending the events I was planning. So um, it felt really cool. But like I said, at the time, it was just a lot of How time. did you get that job? I'm just curious. That I was had just- a headhunter and I probably fudged my resume a little bit and I was interviewing for everything. Cause when I moved there, I was literally, I lived in bunk beds in an apartment as wide as the bunk bed. Okay. All right. Well, that's a
0: true New York experience. So it's a real New, New York story.
1: story. It's like, like authentic. I feel like I, you have more street cred that way. That's literally what happened. And I was like, I'll interview for anything. And I loved the job. I got the job. I was there over three years. And then I left and I became an assistant at a finance company. They are private equity. They invest in power plants. And I started there as like an assistant. We were seven people in an office and I was just wearing all the hats and doing all the things. And slowly over time, I merged more into their marketing side where I held plan marketing meetings, marketing travel. I used to do a big like annual event. I made meeting materials for all the meetings and like we used to fundraise every so often. And so I really would grind during that period of time. And then I started hosting a networking event at an industry-wide conference in Las Vegas. And that was really like my baby project. And I was obsessed with that and, um, but it's different. Shoving 150 men into a room in Las Vegas, you know, and everyone's in like the blue shirt and the khaki, like you've seen it. So stereotypical, like that's the stuff I was planning and I just always wanted more. Like I'm fun. I have a lot of energy and what I'm doing now, I think marries all of that together a little bit. Okay.
0: So this is a really cool background. And just really quickly in terms of, because obviously you have an amazing skill set to do what you do. And I came from a background of publishing and like people who did events and the people who really did the events, I felt like were just amazing at it. It was like their thing. That was, became your thing. You knew you're good at it. You loved it. You gravitated towards it. And so- Right. I
1: I am that type A personality. I'm the planner. I'm like the friend in the friend group that's planning the trip and getting everyone together. And like, that is totally just my DNA. So
0: did you have an aha moment in this last portion of your career where you were like, with all the men shoved into a room where you're like, I could do this, but for myself, but for some other group, like what was the first kind of seedling of an idea to start your own thing or your side hustle? How did that start?
1: Okay. So then from there, um, we were acquired by a larger company. You talked about this brief- briefly. So my little small office of seven, we got acquired by a larger company where things were not as fun and there weren't as many events and it was a lot more serious and not as many perks. And then I had my daughter, my first daughter. And I thought I'm not going to work eight hours a day plus commute. I'm not going to leave her for 10 hours a day for this job that like I'm not passionate about. like. I'm just not that person. So I quit my job with the intention of working again, like not being a stay-at-home mom forever, but just knowing that wasn't going to be the fit for me. And then I took time off to be with my daughter. During that time, I became a health coach because I want to do something. I'm not ready to work, but I want to educate myself. I don't want to spend this time. I wanted to like feed my soul. And I felt like a health education would never fail me. I wasn't sure if I wanted to be a health coach, but I thought, just getting education on health. I'm passionate about movement and all that stuff. So I became a health coach and I fell in love, honestly, with the coaching aspect. There was like a whole portion of being a health coach. that isn't just about broccoli and fruit. It's about coaching people and kind of helping them see their own light and come to fruition with that.
0: You had a baby while you're home not working with a small infant child. Yep. You decided to get a coaching. Yep. Okay. Most people are just barely surviving. So you were like, I'm going to do something else and educate myself. And and you went and got a whole certificate and did a course. Okay, got it. I just wanted to make sure that that was- A year doing that. Wow. Okay. While taking care of
1: a small child.
0: Yep. I'm a multitasker. I love it. Okay. So you did that. And then you had clients. So I did
1: that. And then I try to start my coaching business. And I was like, what the F am I doing? I didn't have any friends that were entrepreneurs. I didn't know where to start or what to do. I didn't know. I didn't have anyone to talk to. And so what I did was, is I knew a girl who started a babes in business, which is a franchise out on long Island. And I reached out to her and I said, Hey, I'm moving to Connecticut. I know a lot of people there, but I want to start this business. And I feel like babes in business, they do events and they do a lot of community stuff. And I was like, you know, what does that look like? We talked about it and it was the depth of the pandemic, literally. So I, I'm going to start an Instagram account. And that's all I did was I started an Instagram account where I was just connecting with female entrepreneurs, most of which that were local. And I did a lot of outreach and was just asking them questions Then we be all became friends. And then my Instagram started to grow. And then I started to become super passionate about content, which everyone hates like creating content, but you see my page, like clearly I'm very into it. And I was a dancer. Like I grew up a dancer. So like, I have this like showmanship, I think that like, played into the content and started to really connect with people and my community just grew. And then this was January 2021 when I started the Instagram. So I planned my first event for June 2021. So I spent six months just building a community and then I just started events.
0: Babes and Business was not your business. You were working with this existing company, just doing a chapter, like something in Connecticut for them. So you're reaching out to people and, but doing it on their behalf, like under their umbrella.
1: Yeah. Like I, well, that's an interesting detail. I started the Instagram account as Babes and Business Connecticut, but it was my Instagram account. And so I wasn't receiving a lot of support from them. And I was just using their name essentially, but it was all my work and my content and my ideas. And I just ran with it. And then later what I realized I didn't need their name and therefore to be paying them for their name, quite honestly. So I just left the franchise and then started business socialistas proper.
0: Okay, So your first step was just starting an Instagram account, connecting with people and reaching out to, and how did you find these people? I'm just thinking about, people for people who are listening, who are thinking about, you know, just the steps that you've taken, you just started an Instagram account. And then in terms of connecting, and you said you grew it, how are you finding like female entrepreneurs? Because that's who you're connecting with, right?
1: Yeah, I think I started searching hashtags, Connecticut businesses, Connecticut small businesses, and I would see a business and then connect with them just like ask them, like, honestly, just ask them a genuine like question, like, do they use for their website design or cute candle or something like that? And I would search and the people that I knew were close to me, I would meet them for coffee. And like we would have these kumbayas of like how hard it is to start your own business. And I fell in love with that. And that was one of the things like I really noticed when I was trying to do research about being a coach. I was so fascinated with what everyone else was doing. Like, I was so intrigued by like how this one got into this business and how this one started making her money and they were coaching on this unique thing. And I was, whoa, women are out here. Like, whoa, like my mind was blown. And so many side hustlers. I was curious to
0: know you from the beginning wanted to focus on just women, right? Yeah. Is there a reason for that? Like,
1: just because. I'm a girl's girl. Yeah. Okay. Everything's pink up in here. I've been (laughs) like the maid of honor in six weddings. I've been in 10 weddings. I'm like that girl with 20 million friends. Well, I do think it's interesting in in
0: all the interviews I've done. I have done men, but several men, but there are so many women who have side hustles and really interesting, incredible side hustles on top of managing households, kids, all the the jazz. So it's crazy talking to them.
1: And what was so interesting about the time that I started my business, and you probably noticed some of this as well, is that when the pandemic hit and everyone shut down and slowed down, so many women took the time to focus on these passion projects, these things that they were doing on the side and making for friends or helping people like on the side, they were like, whoa, I'm going to take time to develop this. They had the time and they took that time and they started to really put in for their passion, as I call them passion projects, because so many people started doing the things that they really love. And they grew these businesses during the pandemic. I mean, there's a lot of talk about how the pandemic killed a lot of businesses. But there are so many that flourished. And I think that my business was one of them. Because as the pandemic slowly started to dissipate, people were so eager to get out and meet other people and connect with other women who are like-minded and doing what they were doing. They were so into it. And also events were dead for like a year. And just
0: like kind of going off that and the pandemic, Instagram account, you're connecting with people while the pandemic was going on in terms of timeline of this, were you doing anything virtual? Were you still... I have kind of two parts of that question. Were you doing virtual events and connecting? Doing any like live chats or things like that? And then also, were you focused on still growing your health business at all, or had you completely shifted and been like, I just want to connect and focus on hosting? Because like the core of your business is hosting events for female entrepreneurs. Correct. 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 And so that's where you moved away from launching your. Yeah, I was like,
1: what health coach business? It was gone it was seriously gone. I was just so passionate about what I was doing. It just happened so naturally. And so from there in terms
0: of like how you host your events, so what was the first event that you what hosted? Do I do this?
1: virtual. I have done one virtual event. Virtual is not like my favorite thing personally speaking. I'm like an in-person type of gal. I've done one thing virtual. Everything else was in person. And yeah, I did a lot of, on Instagram, I did a lot of community building through lives. I did a lot of Instagram lives where I would go live with different experts. I went live with like a tax expert and an accountant, a branding expert, all those type of people. And then I did a lot of lives with other female entrepreneurs, which actually is everyone's favorite lives where I do these lives and I still do them where there's three of them and me. And we basically just dish about the good, bad, and the ugly of entrepreneurship. And that's another great way that I connected with people. And I also grew my own community that way. So that's in
0: between the events, but in-person events are the cornerstone of your business. So talk to me about the logistics of getting an event up and running and what goes into all the parts of, I mean, and also, is it just you? Like, do you have a staff of people connecting and finding, or is it just you? Just me. Okay. So talk to me about, For someone like myself, looking from the outside in, when I think of an event business, one, I think it's so time consuming. I mean, it's so much work. I'm curious to know, like the steps you go through. Do you have kind of like a sort of like a standard process you go through every time? Talk to me about
1: that. The first thing and the hardest thing for me, honestly, is the venue. My events are dynamic in that we have vendor tables and a speaker panel and breakout activities. I like there to be booze. I like there to be a DJ. I like some sort of photo experience. So the, the location for me is definitely the thorn of the rose for me. Is um, it different
0: every time? Do you work with? Yeah.
1: I'd love to work in one spot, but I haven't fallen in love enough to stay there. So I've done different spots. Yeah. Is it um, usually
0: a restaurant? Like what kind of venues do you work with typically?
1: I've done shelves where it's like the Penfield Pavilion, where it's just a venue. And -hmm. then I have to, then I put in the food, the bartender and all the facilitative things. And then I've done them in places where they have that in a restaurant, like in a back room of a restaurant, which oftentimes, which is like my ideal spot, because then they already have the food and the booze. And that's not something I have to do, but a lot of times they're not big enough. And the truth is, is sometimes I like putting the food and the booze in there because it's a great way for those small businesses also to get a lot of play. It's just honestly more work for me. And there's more of a caveat there because they have to pay for the food or I have to pay for the food, the actual supplies first.
0: Okay. So for the novice who hasn't done this and because how many events do you do a year? First of all,
1: I like every other month or so? this is like a shameless plug here, but that's also what I'm going to start, which I have done and I'm going to be doing is helping women throw events for their own business. Oh, wow. Because that is something I do well. Well, wow. so it's something that what I love is community and having an event for your business, as you know, huge way to catapult your community and touch base with your existing customers and create new ones. I love that. So I'm curious to know about the budget when you're working on
0: an event, because do you work worry you sell tickets to the event, you have vendors, like how much money are you investing of your own into selling this? Are you profiting on these events? And I know you've got the events, but then you also offer services. Like, are you making money on your business now?
1: Yeah, I do make money. I don't make a lot of money. So I do make money from all the events. Yes. Sometimes it's not that much. It depends on the event and the overhead surrounding the event. But yes, I make money.
0: So will you set your budget first, and then sell? Like you set, have to sell a certain number of tickets, or are you like? I'm just going to book the venue. I'm going to find the vendors no. I can find. Like, how does I mean, the order work?
1: No, I mean I sell a ticket. I have a goal of how many tickets I want to sell. I've sold out every time. So I, I mean, in the beginning, I wasn't sure if I would sell out. Now I plan to hit close to that number, which is profitable. And then vendor tables are another way that I make revenue and those sell too. I, I've noticed that vendors are very eager to get out there. They're very willing. It's harder to sell the smaller tickets actually.
0: And how much do the tickets, how much are they priced at? Any 38. 38. And is that the standard? Do you have different levels of it? Or is well, it just-,
1: that's just for the standard networking event? It's $38 a ticket. I like that. It's very low cost. If you ask me, I think you're getting a great value there. And I like that it's cheap enough for everyone, no matter what phase they are in their event that they're able to uh, in their business that they're able to come. I've done some workshops where the ticket is a little bit higher, and that's based on getting more tangible materials to take home. Got it. So
0: if you come in a $38 ticket, and you come to one of your events, what can you expect? Like talk me through what high can energy, to.
1: high, high, high energy. Everyone dresses up. It's super fun. There's vendor tables so everyone can shop and have someone to speak to. I think it's very intimidating going to a networking event because you think, where am I going to stand? Who am I going to talk to? And I think the vendor tables really alleviate all of that because A, the vendor themselves will talk to you. And then oftentimes you can like talk to the girl standing next to you about the product that's in front of you. So that's a really big thing of ours are the vendor tables. And then we do a speaker panel. I usually have three speakers. I like to theme the events. So sometimes there's a section on the theme like I did the yes event and the power of positivity. And so we talked a section about that and how that can influence your business. And then other questions about growing their business, certain experiences, it's really the entrepreneur on stage, just speaking to their own journey. And then we do a breakout session because even though everyone intends on like talking to people at a networking event, I kind of put something together where you can like break the ice and talk a little bit easier. Which is usually everyone's favorite part, although everyone's the most intimidated by that part. That's amazing. So, how many people do you usually get in attendance for these events?
0: Over a hundred. Wow! And they're coming from all over. This is kinetic, mostly Connecticut, mostly Connecticut-based, right? Mostly oh.
1: Connecticut. I'm in Southern Connecticut, so I get a lot of girls from New York and Westchester that come as well. Okay. Actually, have people come from Rhode Island? They come. I was curious too how you
0: find. Because when you're hosting the events that you host, which is very frequent, how are you constantly, are you finding new vendors? Are these the same people that are coming? Like, how are you
1: finding new people? I get some repeat vendors and then I get new vendors. I try to create an event that is diverse so it's like I'm not gonna have two three tops from one category like I'm not gonna have three candle people or three cookie girls or anything like that some of that I just do one and then others If it's like clothes or like a more well-rounded boutique I'll put two maybe three but I try to keep it dynamic so that it's fun for everyone And I want the person, the vendor themselves to get the attention that they deserve.
0: So you're the MC for the night. And then do you hire staff like on the night of the event to help you? Or are you basically just the party host and the MC
1: running the whole
0: event for the night?
1: Yeah, it's very hard to plan an event and then host it, but that is what I do. Who's caring for your children while you're doing all this? My husband will do that nighttime stuff.
0: In all honesty, like for someone who's listening, I mean, I'm thinking about this and sort of in awe of what you're doing with all the kids. And it's a side thing. How much time, I mean, have Hmm. you done this so much that the events are kind of easy for you? It's shooting off emails and booking people and, and the finding the venue is the hardest thing. Is the rest kind of not hard? I mean, how much time are you spending and how do you find time to manage your kids and do major networking events every other month?
1: So I work in what I call time tornadoes or power pockets of time where like I have maybe an hour or less, sometimes more, but we're like, I just zone it. That's it. If it's a content creation day, that is it. Like when I close that door for the hour, like I am bam, 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 bam. Or if it's a day where I'm going to like write an email and do email work or work on my website. I am super purposeful with my time. If that's, I don't know if that's a word. I oh, might've made yeah. that up, but if the people will understand. I just like really zone in. And that's one of the things that I think when people ask me like, how, like, how are you doing it? That's how I'm doing it. And I'm always taking notes. So like the notes section in my phone is just notes all the time. where I'll like, have an idea of... Content or like someone I want to reach out to, or an idea for an email blast, or something. And like everything I do, like, is in my notes. I'm constantly writing notes. I've interviewed a lot of people, and I think
0: there is a common theme too with moms and women who are incredibly hyper focused on time management. I think it's crucial and key in how you use your time. But I'm also just impressed with, I think. A lot of being a mom is just like a, I mean, I'm speaking from experience is a time suck, but also sapping a little bit of your creativity. Cause I think that when you are working in those pockets and I think you're coming up with ideas for events, it is, I would find it challenging to you have an hour in that hour, like beyond to think of whatever your content, do you struggle with that ever? Do you have trouble coming up with creative ideas sometimes in those windows that you're forced to work in?
1: There are some things that I start and then I don't finish for a while. I'll have the idea and then I can't like execute it the way I want it to. And so I wait on it, but no, I like really zone in so hard. You're a machine.
0: So let me ask you, have you had any major challenges in your business? What would you say some of the biggest obstacles are that you face in doing, going out on your own and doing this business?
1: Well, I think events are like an emotional roller coaster. And so one of the things that I try to work with is like my own emotions and just staying positive. When you sell a hundred tickets to something, are there going to be people there? Those self-doubt feelings I think happen with every business and I definitely deal with that. And so I always just try to like stay positive and like keep it moving, like always move forward. That's a big thing for me. So I always work on that. And then... We're also when I left Babes in Business, or... that was definitely a challenge, like having going out on my own and not having like a safety net. And then I think even like another challenge is just I want to work because events. I mean, I love events and I'm super passionate about them. I'm not getting rid of them. But because I wanted to do something else in between the events, something that's going to give me more reoccurring revenue, where like, you know, events, if you just get a certain amount of money whenever you throw the event. So you're so dependent on that and the success of that, where I wanted to do something in the meantime, and to build more of like a well rounded brand. So now I'm going to start doing the coaching. And that's scary, too. Like, that's a challenge kind of pivoting and not It see, it's not even like a whole pivot. It's like a branch and learning how to branch in itself is a challenge for me, you know, like I've been saying the same spiel for a while now. So now it's like the spiel is changing a little bit and it's articulating that and working on that and not dropping my events and all the things. Let's talk about the other
0: part. Cause you offer social media promotion. Is that a part of your business also that you'll do for people like Instagram?
1: So I will help build a community for a business, which I've specifically done on Instagram and also through events. So that's something that I feel super passionate about. It's like a genius of mine that I'm going to try to lean into and build for other people, mostly because I think that if you build a community that no likes and trusts you, they are more apt to buy from you to work with you and to be part of your brand which is what we're all trying to get with our businesses.
0: Yeah. And so will you take anyone on? Do you consult with people and decide like whether you can help them? And then from there, you're like, you basically, you find an audience for them on, it's primarily Instagram and you will then create content, find them followers, basically grow their follower base. Is that what you're offering through?
1: Yeah, I'm not going to find them followers, but I think together we would work define their brand voice and their sales strategy, social media tips, creating content that lands with people, that impacts people, working with elevator pitches, how to get people to want to work with your brand, like a hot hook. People say elevator pitch, but I call it a hot hook. Like you got to hook them in. They got to want to know, they got to want to work with you. All of those things are so important not just at a network. Hot hook
0: stuff. is way sexier than elevator pitch. Yeah. So just going off that, what do you mm-hmm. see for your business in the next couple of years? Like, what do you really want to develop out? Do you want to lean more into doing things that are like you said, recurring revenue, like other kind of streams of that? What do you see yourself doing in the next couple of years with your
1: business? What I see happening are more... Events, because my events are like growing. Every event I do, it's bigger and bigger and bigger, which I love and I'm into it. So what I'd like to do are maybe do less events, but larger events. I want it to be like a carnival of female entrepreneurs. I want it to be like a rager of a night of female entrepreneurs. That's what I want. That's like my vision (laughs) for my event. Okay. But do that well, like once a quarter,
0: not instead of
1: like yeah, every like other once month. a quarter or something right. like that, you know, or maybe like three times a year. I don't like networking events don't soar in summers. Something like that, and then coaching, and then some sort of community or membership or something like that, women can connect in the interim with where in between all my events. They can have a platform to connect with each other and ask each other questions and communicate and have a lot of dialogue together and also maybe input some resources in there so that they can have the support they need and the empowerment for being successful.
0: I love it. I think that's great. What's your favorite part of the process and the whole thing that you're doing?
1: At the end of an event, it's the best feeling ever. It's kind of like you have this whole emotional journey and then like you have like this, release of excitement and happiness and pride. So I love that part. I love the planning. I love the creativity. And I really love the coaching. I've been helping some women on the side now, and I'm just so passionate about building community for women and giving them some of what I've received is really great grips.
0: Will you consider it a, will it always be a side hustle? I mean, you have your two daughters. You're going to transition it. Do you want to transition it to more of like a full-time? I want to spend
1: more and more time. My goal is definitely to spend more and more time growing my brand and growing myself and my offerings and my community. Do you think Um, you'll hire people, start hiring people, or do you like it being just you? I'd like to think at some point I'd need some support somewhere.
0: Yeah. I'm amazed that you're doing it all yourself thus far. (laughs) Yeah. Hopefully honestly i mean cuz your kids are so young i think it's different to when your kids are a little older yeah. but when they're that young it's time consuming your husband well i have email.
1: 3 kids i have thera Maria, and socialistas i know and you're dealing
0: with all these people and connection i mean that's like <laughs> it's a lot it's not like you're sitting behind a computer all day just sending out emails you're out planning obviously no. it comes very naturally to you and you love it so what would you say in terms of like going out on your own and just from where you've come with your career and how is having this business of your own kind of changed your perspective of your life and how you tackle goals and just how you feel like you sort of see your future? Because I feel like a lot of women have kind of changed their perspective on what's important and like work-life balance, that kind of thing.
1: I think like the biggest takeaway that I've had is there's no failing, there's only learning. And I think like I've heard this before, but I think really being in it has changed the way, not just that I operate my business or think about my business, but also like how I am as a mom and a friend and other things that I do, even like making dinner. If it's not delicious, it's not a fail. Like, it's just like, okay, now we learned that this doesn't work. Just that whole like mindset mentality that there's no real failing. There's only learning. Like you just have to pick up the pieces and learn from it and then keep it moving for me.
0: That's really, really good advice. I mean, that kind of goes into, I was going to say, what is a piece of advice or a couple pieces of advice you could offer somebody who's listening, who's thinking about, has a side hustle or wants to pick up and go. I think it's overwhelming. It's a lot to hear your story because it's very inspiring. It's incredible but I think breaking down the steps for people is what this is all about also and making it seem like it's possible to do. So
1: I think like the number one thing everyone should do is just talk about it. By just telling people what you're up to and what you want to do or what you're starting to do or you're thinking about doing even or you're doing, no one can help you or connect you or do any of those things for you if they don't actually know what you're doing. And also, the more you talk about it, the better you become at perfecting it. We sit in our heads so much And we think certain things or we tell ourselves things. But when you like get out there and start talking about it and bouncing ideas off people and throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what happens, like that's where like the real magic happens, not just out there, but like in yourself, like that's when it all starts to come together. You can sit here and think about these ideas and you can write them in your notes and your phone all you want. But once you start speaking it and getting out there it's incredible. And you just never know who you're going to tell or talk to about what you have going on and who it's landing with or how they could change your lives or who they know that could change your life. And it's like networking like that. I mean, listen, I throw networking events. I highly believe in them, but networking on the smallest level with the moms at the parking lot, with the nurse in the doctor's office, with the colleague at your husband's business or whatever, like these are places that magic happens And if you want to do something, if you want to grow your side hustle, if you want to start or grow anything, like you just have to talk about it.
0: I love that advice. I think that's so good because I believe so much in that. I don't throw networking fence, but I believe so much in the power of networking. So it is the most important thing I think you can do. So I think what you're doing is so important and valuable, which is why I was so excited to have you on because I think... The information about the events you offer and your business is so important for Thank people. And so at, lastly, just tell everybody where they can find you, any upcoming events you have, just tell them all your good information on the website. Or sure.
1: I am business-socialistas.com, the internet. And then I am at business.socialistas on Instagram. Those are the two places I live. And in the meantime, you can just catch me on my website or on Instagram, you can reach out to me about building your own community or connecting with those that could aid your business. I am super passionate about that. And if you need any referrals, like I'm your gal.
0: I love it. Thank you so much. This is so amazing having you on.